0: So far, so good, right? Yeah,
1: sounds fine.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
1: How are you doing?
0: Um, doing pretty well. Um, I, cabin fever has definitely set in. I finished a, but I'm fortunate, I feel very fortunate in that I am allowed to uh, work from home. So that eliminates the biggest source of anxiety I know a lot of people are feeling these days.
1: Yeah. So, are you, so you're in Denver? I am in Denver, um, I moved here about a year ago. Yeah, are you, and you're a filmmaker, is that
0: what? Yes, I used to, be. I went to school for animation and when I moved to Denver, I thought to myself, I thought, oh, well there goes my film career, there's no way anything's gonna ever come of this now, because it's yeah. not out Los Angeles and it's not New York, right?
1: Yeah, but I never, where... I...
0: sorry, go ahead. Oh, but then I uh, ended up being involved with the filmmaking industry that's kind of out here, and even though it's indie, it, I have made, I've helped make six short films since August and I've gotten to meet some phenomenal people.
1: Yeah, um, looks like we have a mutual fan, Matt Struck. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. that's how I found out about your interviews that you're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm interviewing him sometime next week. But yeah, he shot the, um, he shot video for my art of comedy showcase i did before things got shut down in march um it didn't kind of it didn't quite come out like we wanted it to but oh what a shame not really his fault it was just a weird venue to do it in
0: but um
1: yeah so your uh what do you do for a living is it animated related
0: uh my day job is unfortunate at the moment not animation related, nor is it really filmmaking related, but they're starting to kind of see the value in what I do for video. Um, luckily, I have, as a way to kind of put bread and butter on the table, I have kind of taken what I've learned about filmmaking and create instructional design videos on it.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: So, you know, uh, corporations got to figure out how to teach their people, and we discovered that video and interactivity is the best way to go about it. So they're starting to see that in me. And they're starting to see the use in it. And you know, and so right now I'm currently working at a hospice. And so excuse you, it's gonna go on your performance review. <laughs> so, uh, she's so curious. That cat is so curious. And so with that, so with that in mind, it's kind of like a hospice work, is um, it's very it has a very it's very rewarding, it's a nonprofit group which to me is a big deal. It's like, if I'm going to be spending 40 hours somewhere, I really don't want to question at the end of the day if they're doing something predatory or if they're just...
1: No, definitely. The last job I had um, was at a high-end jewelry store. I was in the accounting department doing accounts payable. But yeah, it's Mm -hmm. like they sell $750,000 Rolexes. I don't really... They're part of the problem. I hated it. Um, I'm trying to get on at NREL and Golden National Renewable Energy Lab, which is a government.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. NREL.gov,
1: but it's, they're, they're trying to find renewable energy options. They're trying to solve the crisis of us being dependent on oil and natural gas, fossil fuels. So, um what
0: i have found wonderful about denver because i uh, i moved here for i used to live in new orleans area and i lived in this area up and down the river known as cancer alley because it was understood that these uh that's my other cat he has opinions um it was understood that okay we're, we're these inner oil refining companies we're going to build along the river that way when the oil is brought up the river we're going to dig into these canals. We're going to build, and it's just going to be a lot easier. And as opposed to trying to truck it over all this marshland, it, they just for years and years and years, they just kind of really didn't have any kind of regulation placed on them. So all these communities that had already been on these, this river for like, um, some of them, like over a century, just get pollution and pollution and pollution and There's this general sense of back in the day when I was a kid, you know, I kind of asked my elders, it's like, why is there all that cloud stuff coming out of those really tall buildings? Oh, well, you don't have to worry about that because it's only pollution if it's black clouds and those are white clouds. They're just, they're just burning the chemicals off. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, um, our aquarium back in New Orleans, a great aquarium in the Americas, it features a, oil rig exhibits inside the aquarium oh, wow. that is wonderfully sponsored by BP and Chevron and Mobile. Um, you know, a couple of other oil and gas companies that like, t- that like to talk about how great it is that we get to build these oil rigs because they help encourage artificial reefs to build in the area. But in true New Orleanian passive aggressiveness, someone at some point had, a, had obtained a deformed shark. Like this shark has a scoli- shark version of scoliosis. So its spine was like Kh-. And that's just how he lived his life. Ow. Put it in that tank. And scoliosis shark, just that's his life. He just swims in this, he swims in this big giant oil rig environment that is clearly doing him some favors. Yeah, so, so it's uh, great coming here to Denver and I have yet to see an oil refinery
1: no they're up north um there are some big oil company like home offices downtown i worked at one for three weeks at a temp job in their mail room it was the easiest job i've ever had but uh, yeah it was so cake but it was just while the dude was on um he had got married so i was there for like three weeks but that dude there's no way that he was working 40 hours a week that there wasn't 40 hours worth of work to do in that mail room so isn't that
0: just how it is sometimes though like especially i'm pretty sure with-
1: his job changed when he came back from his honeymoon because she was asking me like how much time it takes me to act. i was like oh, i just assumed he had other duties he did that you weren't giving me because i'm a temp she's like nope that's his entire job I was like, yeah, he definitely has twenty hours a week extra. <laughs> you <can> do something <laughs> but you else know, for your company. I know, and you know, there's
0: two ways to look at it. One, which is you know, just reduces hours to twenty, keep paying in the same amount, and that way, you know, you're kind of you know, you're kind of rewarding the fact that either tenure or the fact that hey, he gets all his work done on time. You know, send him home. You know, that's definitely the kind of school. Thought that a, y- a lot of younger people are into these days, but I do he
1: definitely. Well, he wasn't younger. He definitely wants to wants the full time money. Gotcha. I don't think he's gonna like additional tasks.
0: <laughs> you left your mark.
1: But I was like, yeah, because he can do it faster than I can. Because he's been there for six years. Ah, <laughs> the, none of them used to be busier, but you know, as the years go and you get less and less things in the mail. And, That's true. That's true. And huh, they were downsized all- their company like 100 people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It was Yeah. Crazy.
0: I've I've definitely done some temp jobs. Um I have found that temp jobs have been fairly good to me. I think the worst jobs, I think anytime I've ever had like a really terrible awful job, it was because it was usually like a small, really small company, like I'm talking, like maybe ten people in that whole entire company. Yeah, that they own a little mom and pop operation. Not all mom and pop operations are like this, but the two I've worked for, it was like working for tyrants. It was just this, mentality. like the first one I worked at had hired me, and during the and during the first day, they said, you know, we weren't sure about you because we thought you might be a liberal. But we prayed to God about it and we just prayed that we just know you're gonna be the right fit for us. And I was like, okay, you probably shouldn't hire people based on their political opinions, you know. But
1: God is a liar.
0: (laughs) Did not work. She didn't even tell the person that I was gonna, I was apparently going to replace somebody.
1: Oh yeah.
0: And they didn't tell her until I was hired. And then they had her train me remotely. And And every morning, yeah. every morning started off with her telling me how much I sucked in that passive aggressive office kind of way. And every yeah. evening ended with her telling me how much I sucked in that passive aggressive office way. I just, I lost weight at that job in a really unhealthy way. And I was like, I can't, I, I just quit. It was a temp job. I'd never tried to walk out on a temp job, but that was the only time I did. And then a previous one was here in Denver and this guy screamed himself into a heart attack on my third day there. It's incredible.
1: (laughs) You're fucking nuts, man. uh, For real. I had a job that I got while during the whole pandemic thing, and I had it for four days, and he fired me Mm. because I was doing it all remote, but it was accounts payable, and there was some training in person, but I suggested in the group chat with the other accounts payable people and our boss... uh, a different way to process the invoices and he told me that i was uh i was too new and i and everybody there was too new just you know don't try to reinvent the wheel just do it the way you were trained right it's like well i mean okay i can do that but i thought you hired me because i have over a decade in accounts payable experience and i thought you might want to you know, use some of that experience where I have processing as many invoices as you have for people processing. I did by myself because they were done in this manner. And, uh, he said I had a bad attitude.
0: Ah. You know, I think sometimes uh, people don't. It's so funny because, like, I know, like, with the creative industry, we're kind of we train, we do our best to train ourselves to know what we want. We know what we want, and every, and by everyone understanding what they need and what they want, we're able to kind of focus on the tap this kind of uh, vague thing that's in our heads and put it into our pieces of paper into art, so that way it gets communicated clearly. But I think a lot of people don't really analyze themselves and their work in that way, in that regard. Like I'm used to, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, you experienced something similar, but I've had two I, art classes where I stand in front of 20 people and they just rip my pieces to shreds.
1: Yeah. I just think that accounting should be pretty clear cut, but they were, right? they were not, he wasn't account, an accounts payable expert. He had higher level financing training and he was, going in a week over to the accounts receivable side. And I was more of an accounts payable expert than anybody else at that company. And they didn't want to listen to my advice. Mm. Um, And I can't just be a fucking quiet little cog. um, When I know there's a better way because I've used a better way because I process, you know what I mean? Like I was like, there aren't that many invoices. There's no reason why, why is this taking so long (laughs) It was just stupid. And I moved some stuff around in the AP email and he's just a fucking idiot. It's really hard to do a job when the person above you, you're able to do their job because you have, when you don't want to be a manager anymore. (laughs) Right. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I've had uh, in my first learning management uh, system job that I had, it was, there was definitely a sense of here I am, this young whippersnapper brought on to teach the company how to teach their employees. So they're not just reading out of this 20 year old hand, employee handbook anymore. Now everything's online and everything's in this. it was actually a very um, clean and simple learning management system, very straight to the point. Of where, you know, watch, you know, you can co- make comments, interact with each other. But a lot of, there were some people in that company that, didn't even check their own email they've been working in that company since 1960 something and by golly they didn't need email five years ago and they certainly don't need it now they just get There's, their so they, yeah they just get their associates to do it it's like- there was a
1: lot of that um, just and the management the higher-ups not forcing people to do what they're supposed to be doing which slows down our job and made our job take three times as long when if they other people would just do what they were supposed to fucking do. Um, I want to. I'm gonna find this. I, I reviewed the company on Indeed.
0: Oh dear. I bet that was fun.
1: Yeah. Let me. I want to find it. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, post from me. Oh. This it it, it actually describes many jobs i've had this oh man one second but yeah the the description i have for them has uh, been many 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 jobs corporate big corporate jobs i worked at All right, here it is. It says, if you're good at being a cog in a dysfunctional machine, if you thrive at putting out fires using only the minimum tools provided and only their proven ineffective firefighting methods, this is the company for you. (laughs) They have everything. Amazing fancy coffee and a state-of-the-art office. They let you have the leftovers from their fancy lunch meetings just before they spoil. They have the latest in technology and software. Sure, the rich guys that own it won't bother to learn it, or first all, the users whose job directly makes yours harder learn how to use it. Sure, as soon as anyone catches on, uh, the management shifts, and they impose their bright and shiny new and ways to do things. But that coffee with a stale croissant heaped with warm tuna salad and limp lettuce you shove in your face at 3 p.m. makes it all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so many corporations that I've worked at
0: oh yeah I will say as, as, uh, as hard as I am at my uh, first LMS job I will say that you know there were some there were some good people in there they meant well I, I did always feel like I was being listened to by the higher-ups so at least I had that however it was like in middle of nowhere Oklahoma and they sell—they'll sell you everything from a couch to some blue jeans to a live chicken. Like they got—they have all your bases covered. So.
1: Sweet! Now we know where to go when society falls.
0: I've no, if, yeah I mean, it's—they got—they uh, got all kinds of. Lo- they are—they're in Oklahoma. They're in North Texas. They're in—gosh, uh, what's that state above Oklahoma? Kansas.
1: That's where I'm from. It's actually where I'm at
0: right now. Oh my God! You ever heard of Atwoods? Yes. Ah, uh, that's where I used to work at, yo! <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, you We got uh, Atwoods. Yeah, uh, a, go a get
0: yourself hour, a chicken.
1: Menards too. Um, no, yeah, I'm from Wichita, Kansas. So I'm visiting there right now, but I'll be going back in a week. I came here for 14 days, for two weeks, and I was like, well, then I'll go back, and then I'll wait two weeks before I go anywhere. Once I get back to Denver, it'll all be fine. I'm staying with a friend who
0: doesn't really go anywhere, so. There, thank goodness. I, I am a little worried because uh, my uh, household they they still work retail and they're still out and about doing retail related things. so I am a little worried, but who
1: does?
0: Uh, my household, my husband. Uh, um, yeah. So. The yeah. Yeah. So we have. Uh, so we do have some others in our household as well, and they. Yeah, you know, they they work retail and that's always a little scary. You yeah. Know, just...
1: I have two roommates in Denver. One is working from home and the other one like does like carpet cleaning and stuff. So he comes and goes, but not I don't really interact with them that much. I don't really yeah, I I can go days without seeing them. I hear them out there. But um yeah, I, I don't really interact with them that much. But it's pretty low risk. They don't really go anywhere socially. Even before this they were really pretty homebodied. So
0: I think honestly the hardest thing for me personally as in a very selfish lizard brain kind of way is the fact that I can't touch other people's dogs right now. Right. That's it, it's bit that's been a real struggle for me.
1: I had a dog, I have Luke, he's a Chihuahua, but he he was here with my kids. I had another dog that died. I had both of them. My ex husband was supposed to take Luke and I took Leia. My couldn't keep Luke, I couldn't handle two dogs, so I just had Leah. Leah died. Um, and so then I I was living in my SUV when I first moved to Denver, and so I got a place, and once I got settled, I was like, I can take Luke back. But I took Luke back, but I was able to leave him alone for a little while, at least while I go. I would take him anywhere I could. I was door dashing, so I just had him with me in the car while I door dashed, and I took him to mics and shows that I could, anything where I could. Um, that I was able to leave him home for a couple hours and now I can't even, I can't leave him at home for a couple hours. He freaks out and he's just being weird and humping my leg and puking. Mm. He needs other animals around. Yeah, like My roommates have cats but they aren't really, he doesn't interact with them really. So my son has my other dogs and a cat he loves to cuddle with and lick her ears. So he's a lot happier there. He also likes men better than women. So He's happier there. I'm going to be very sad when I go back and I'm all alone, but I didn't want to, like, torture him just so I wouldn't be all alone. That didn't seem very fair to Luke. I
0: tried getting my cat Pablo used to being filmed, and when I did my at-home test with the equipment, he did, oh, he did okay. It was just a very chill cat. Doesn't mind being held. Does it? You throw those treats at him, he'll do just about anything you want, including, like, he'll sit. He'll uh, give you a high five. Yeah. you know so that i mean that's a, it's like great we could do sketches with this cat and then finally the big day came and we're, we're not stressing him out it's like okay guys we got one oh take. God. we got one take to do this you know because otherwise i'm sure he's gonna freak out and sure enough we he we open the bedroom door coax him out with some treats the lights were on and he's like oh no Mm-mm, nope. so we're like okay real quick So we grabbed him, we put him in our actor's arms, and I'm pretty, I wish we would have had, I hope we have some B-roll footage of it, because it's pretty funny just watching this man in a coat, like, trying to deliver his lines, that this cat is, like, just done with him. It's like, no, no.
1: It's like a kid when you're like, look, they can say mama. Say mama. Say mama. They're like, I don't know about lady.
0: It's like, you're dead to me.
1: (laughs) I can say words. I'm a baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i don't I thought about like I have a friend in Denver that just had kittens, well, her cat had kittens, obviously, and um I was like if i because I want to get a van and build it out and eventually live in it right, but like a bigger like small bus type thing, I think i could if I train the cat right, I could have a cat.
0: I mean, a cat can do just about anything you want with enough catnip and treats. Honestly, like well, you get the
1: training it from the get go, picking the right kitten, training it from the right. get go to uh, be on a harness and leash. I've seen people do it with their cats.
0: My cat does a harness and leash. He loves it. Absolutely loves it. And what we did is that we noticed that he used to be an outdoor cat. I found him. He was really skinny, covered in fleas. He was really sweet. So I was like, dude, you deserve better than this. You're coming home with me. But he still wanted to go. He still wanted to go outside. So we're like, okay, he'll rush to the door. And so that's like, it's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with just putting a harness on him and then throwing treats at him when, as, as soon as we did that, and so he kind of goes, okay, that's cool, that's cool, but this is really weird. And then eventually, we would only put the harness on him if we were just about to open the door. And then he start, it started clicking with him, like, that's the thing I want, and that's the thing I have to do to get the thing I want. Yeah, let's do this. So now when he sees the harness, he actually starts scree- kind of screaming his head off.
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, if I like just, yeah. Get a tiny kitten and just train it the way I want. I mean, I know cats have their own personality, yeah, eventually, but I think that you know, if I if I have one of the bigger, like the small, like not the not like a school bus, but like a like the kind of like handicap transportation buses they use at church, oh, like the short,
0: the, the uh, short bus, the little but short
1: buses, like a modern short bus, yeah. Um, I, it's got really it's, it's really tall so I could build like a thing for the animal to climb around uh, oh yeah, all around you know I, mean, I could get some sort of thing I could hang on the window so I could open up the window and let them go out and just chill there. I could leash them and take yeah. them out um, and they won't they, they won't bark while I'm not in my car and alert everyone.
0: They'll scream though (laughs) if you if they get that uh that kind of that uh, separation anxiety, yeah. So I think uh, if they have like a place to like kind of scratch, they can so they can make the place feel like their house, that kind of thing. So they can scratch, mark things.
1: They'll have a whole little jungle gym around the top. There you go. My thing is just having a litter box in that small of a (laughs) space.
0: Here's what I'll say because I found this one type like I think I think Armored Hammer does it is that and Hammer brand I don't know but it's apparently like a dust-free yeah litter and that has done that has been honestly just dust-free litter has been the best way to eliminate those odors. you still gotta clean your box because if, yeah. if if it gets built up then it starts to stink for good reason but for the, mo- for, for the most part like it's been amazing like I can uh, until they drop a fresh dookie you know I, I can just work right next to that litter box and I don't smell it all day.
1: That's good. Yeah, I so it's really, I like having a pet. I mean, I I want a pet, but I don't want it. I want to make sure that I can give whatever pet it is that's the oh, best yeah. life or I don't want it. I still have, I have my dog, Pete. He's a bigger dog. Oh. If I had a, he's old. So I thought about taking him because he doesn't really go play outside anymore. He goes out, he does his business. He comes back in. Um... But he would like like take him to the lake and stuff. He would love he loves the water because he doesn't he probably doesn't have another maybe another year or two.
0: He's also got a lot of
1: arthritis pain and stuff, and I think being in Denver would be helpful.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just Denver in general. Like I you know like I've said before, it's just been fantastic, just in a lot of different ways. Like because I have like I got this really weird thing with my feet where like one foot's just fine, but then the left one is like this. And before I moved to Denver, you know, like hip pain was fairly routine, you, you know, because it's the whole leg that's turned inward and all ganky. And, but then when I moved out here, I noticed that a lot of the uh, inflammation has really died down. So I think just from, even, it's so weird. because like, uh, I haven't even really gone to the mountains except once or twice since we've moved here. Our plan was to go this spring, but uh, yeah, <laughs> all of best laid plans. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's been uh, really great. I do a lot more walking out here because there's actually sidewalks out here. Yeah, so it's not muggy yeah. when it's
1: Oh yeah, to that top.
0: Too, huh? yeah, Yeah, yeah. Just full like- the sun. Oh yeah. I, I will say though that uh, the sun is very angry here. You like I noticed, Yeah, like being at higher elevation. You know, when you're from like below sea level to like a mile above sea level. And it's just like, oh, why is it so big?
1: Oh, it's so bright. What's cooking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can feel it cooking me. Uh, I have to wear sunscreen. Yeah. But I have really bad allergy. I'm allergic to Kansas, literally. I'm allergic to mold, so anywhere moist. Or, Oof. You know, and um, my legs do hurt a lot in Kansas, and they don't hurt in Denver. I don't know how much of my body pain is psychosomatic. Because I'm just depressed in Kansas. When I, I was, mean, thinking, my body would be in pain too if I had to go to Kansas. Yeah, I mean, I love. There's a lot of people I love here. My kids are here. My mom's here. Right, right. Here, but right. My best friends are here. So my other best friends in Nebraska, which is only a little better. Um, yeah, my best.
0: Yeah, my best friend's also in Nebraska. She's really cool.
1: Yeah, she's in Omaha. That's where she is. Oh my god, it's world. Look, she's a comedian too. How I met her.
0: I'm learning a lot about comedians recently, um, because my first screen TV pilot that I started working on features a comedian in it. Yeah. so the the uh, theme of it is kind of like you know cope is it's a it's a metaphor for coping with depression. The whole thing is about you know, these fairies go into a puppeteer's workshop as a refuge. the issues that they're coping with are basically metaphors for depression and anxiety. And so I picked these fields that, historically speaking, have these really high instances of depression and anxiety, comedians, you know, people in the creative industries. But I'm having to learn a lot about what a comedian is like, how they view their art, how they view their craft. Why is it that these, you know, very outgoing, these very, I've learned very extroverted people um, have these issues. And so... I, all of the
1: comedians I know are actually introverted. With, oh, interesting. Unless they're on stage, um, you can see the change in their face when they walk off stage. I, I, you know, when, because I've seen them do their comedy so much, I'm able to like pay attention to other things that most people don't pay attention to. But, um, yeah, they just they can be totally on on stage, and as soon as they come off, they don't talk to anybody. Um, but it's like <laughs> like,
0: Yeah, I think I'm starting to pick up on that a little bit with some of the comedians I've uh, started following because I have noticed that I mean there's one that I've, I've started I'm starting to kind of gain acquaintanceships with and he he and I met over Instagram because of these daily pod like daily like in a little interview things and he always saw that I was really responsive. And in these interviews, you know, he's you know very warm, very care you know, very, you know, friendly. But then his, you see a stand-up and he's just, like ripping people to pieces in a stand-up, he's very sharp, very you know, very much a very very cynical person. It's like, okay, that must be his persona. That must be that whole stage persona that he develops as he's up there so that's something else I'm kind of learning too is as I'm writing this character is trying to make sure that the audience can distinguish when he is putting on that character and when he's actually being himself.
1: Yeah, I found that for me, I'm trying to be, I'm not really a character on stage. I'm just a well-polished version of myself.
0: That's one way to look at it, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's if I if I put that much thought into my daily life and what I say all the time, it would be impossible. But um, but my comedy is just stories from my life, so it's not. Um, I need to feel emotionally connected with the story to be able to to do what I do. But that everybody has a different. The, there's so many different kinds of comedians. It's just like any other art medium you know there's different kinds of painters people that like watercolor over you know
0: no oh, absolutely
1: uh, oil paints and and with films too you know there's people that like this certain kind of filmmaking and this kind of filmmaking so it's like um and there's room for all of us oh yeah but it's just,
0: I have been really impressed with just how because like uh, when I was in college and I was I only really knew one like one or two people that were kind of trying to go into film and writing. And one person was, was a pretty good friend of mine. He and I got along really great, but man, he was just kind of a, emotionally a big weight to kind of have to carry. He, he very much let you know exactly how he was feeling no matter how heavy it was. And you were just kind of like, man, I want to support you, but I don't know if I'm mentally capable of doing that right now and then the other guy was just, I'm just going to, you know, excuse my French, he was just a dick. Yeah. He was was a writer. He had an accent. He was tall, which made him just top shit on campus. Like everyone just wanted a piece of him, which of course, you know, went right to his head. And he was just, he was just really rude. I don't know why he hung out with me all day. He kept being rude to me. Like, you know, I'm not sure what's up I mean, I'm not sure what's up with that. So it left a very bad taste in my mouth as far as like okay, he wants to do writing. I guess I don't really wanna interact with those people if they're all gonna be like that. Yeah. And then, and then recently as I'm like, well crud, I really need to do some research. just coming to find out that, yeah, absolutely, um, everyone in their own field are just as diverse in their
1: personalities as any other. And a lot of comedians are very good writers, um, of all just good writers in general, but um, and have aspirations for film and other things. I hopefully, depending on finances, wanted to start at the Colorado Film School in the fall oh, nice. for uh, screenwriting and producing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really want to be a director. I want to, I want to, I have a couple ideas for some screenplays that are stories from my life, based on stories anyway, from my life, kind of like creative nonfiction. They're weaved in there. The truth is weaved in there, but um, are just not suitable for stand-up, or at least not the stage of stand-up I'm at because they take too many details um for you to fully understand and uh, some of them you need to see some things happen you know
0: oh yes um, uh, absolutely
1: so i have a really really an idea for a really good one so i've been mildly studying i've been okay what i've been doing is getting the screenplays of movies and then watching the movie uh while reading the screenplay that. and i was like this is just mostly the words um yeah, they're not weird. i can do words uh that's one reason i'm not ever been successful as a writer is i'm really good at dialogue but i suck at making them be able to see what i'm describing with my words and, you know you got to make them see it mm-hmm. so i've always sucked at that but i've always been really good at dialogue and um that's pretty much what a screenplay is for the most part it's just it's been that yeah, was, it's
0: it's been very interesting because you know with my animation background we are taught to run that we are we do storyboard driven you know films as opposed to screen driven films yeah and then in my free time i am a spe- speculative writer as we like to call ourselves you know usually of copyrighted material just trying to make myself sound fancy yeah uh, <laughs> you know and so with that in mind, so I'm used to write. you know, I, I am used to being very descriptive in our worlds because as animators, we do so much pre-planning on our settings. So much of what the character, we know exactly what clothes are gonna wear. We know exactly how their hair. Like I, for my screenplay, I'll show you some of the stuff that I worked on right now. Um so I'll just pull some stuff off the walls. All right, here we go. Let's do this. Ah, there you are. All right, I'll just show you some of the stuff. Like I got um Main human, you know our puppeteer right here, oh, yeah. our bird creations come to life. Um, got some cool fairy creatures that I've also worked on as well.
1: Nice.
0: You know we've got our antagonist. you so know what he looks like. And so just an animation, you know, you just you're trained to do your own character. Like one of the things you do, you learn how to do character concepts. You learn how to do layouts. You learn how to do backgrounds. And it's so weird, because apparently outside of animation, you don't really do that.
1: Not at the beginning point, no. Yeah, like... Yeah, later on, there's other people that come in. From what I understand, I'm no expert.
0: Right. Yeah. It, yeah, so uh, when I... R- while I'm writing the screenplay, I'm getting like these conflicting school of thoughts on the description parts one person is saying, wow, I can visualize perfectly with what you're putting on the page. You're doing fantastic with that. And then another person's like, why is there all this descriptive stuff on there? It's like, well, how else are you gonna know that this is a magical world? Like,
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know? so the latest one I read was uh, Spaceballs. Oh, nice. I watched Spaceballs and read the The thing, and like when they go in the temple, when they find the temple, you know, and and meet Yogurt, um, it just says in there, INT period, temple. So interior, temple. It doesn't describe the temple. Um, Right. it, It describes a little bit of what the characters look like. It doesn't lay out all the looks that they give each other, what they're doing with their faces. So a lot of that is who you... Who you cast in the role and usually when you're writing a role at least when in my what I've been doing I, I have like I, I know what they're going to look like in my and sound like and so you know I have in my mind some people that I know that would be perfect for those roles mm-hmm. um, that are actually actors too so they're a couple and I think they would be really good
0: It's kind of funny that way in the sense of like, when you're animating, I mean, the first thing you do, you create thumbnails, you're already like fun stuff when you're doing thumbnails, then you do your storyboards. And then while you're actually drawing frame by frame, if you're doing 2D or pushing the polygons around, if you're 3D, sometimes you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're reading the lines as you're doing the spatial studies on yourself. So, you know, so you're kind of integrate, like you're kind of acting everything out already. And then when you get to screenwriting and it just, you know, the the only thing I I can say that I really dislike about screenwriting is the fact that I just feel so removed from the parts that are really, that really make it come to life. Like, they're like, well, you can't do that. Well, you're not really supposed to do that. You know, know, you're not supposed to be quite so descriptive. It's like, well, how are you going to have life in it then? You know, how are you going to breathe?
1: Yeah. If you're dealing with live humans, they really bring the life to it. So this is kind of
0: like... It's like a trust fall exercise, almost.
1: Yeah. It's why casting's so important.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, for real. Like, yeah. I mean, let's see. Uh, here's my Richard Williams book. I mean, just... Like, we're, we're giving, like, these big textbooks just for, like, how you're supposed to act, like, how to do acting for animation. There's, I was like, going
1: like, to do... Um, I was going to be a graphic designer, and then I realized I actually had to be able to, like, draw and be artistic, and
0: I wasn't. Oh man, well it just takes, I've always been of the school of thought that it just takes practice. You know, it's just all about, you know, if you, uh, good practice that is, like if you actually know how to look at your, just I imagine the same way with comedy, if you know what to look for in your timing, you know, in comedy versus your timing and your work and rhythm,
1: there's yeah, a lot and of things that just come naturally to some people. That's,
0: that's true. That's true. And some things you
1: figure out. Like some people told me a lot of times, it's not what I say, it's how I say it. <laughs> like just in my normal everyday talk when I make people laugh, it's not so much the words, it's how I'm saying the words. And so I'm trying to bring that personality on stage. I really just want to get up there and be myself and tell my stories. Um, I'm getting there. Just a matter of
0: comfortable. That's kind of how I'm feeling with the filming, the live action filming. It's uh, I think for the uh, first those six films that I mentioned to you, I think for the first five, I refused to direct any of them because I was with this. I'm with this group called Ship Post Productions, and they have been just a phenomenal team to learn how this works. Like how does live shoots work? How how does the writing process work? Guys, am I doing this right? (laughs) Kind of thing. And with that in mind, it wasn't until our usual director is like, I don't want to direct this one. And and then everyone's kind of like, well, I did all the writing. Well, I'm going to do all the acting. I'm like, it's up to me. I have no idea what I'm doing. And so, (laughs) and, but it turned out to be, you know, not to toot my own horn, but it turned out to kind of reveal a lot of strengths that I have one, which is timing and like in, in a film format, like a, we have what's called timing and anticipation and animation which is basically knowing how to draw kind of like when you're about to punch when that character is about to punch someone he doesn't you know he can just do it for comedic effect but sometimes you really want them to wind up you want them to hold and then yeah draw them. is that much more of an impact I means you do that with the drawing and timing refers to not only how he's going to you know when that this is going to land but also how many frames of art you're using to portray that yeah and it's so now conveying that to live action has kind of allowed me to kind of go okay i want you to take a stopwatch as we're reading this and we're actually going to time out our screenplay like we're going to time out how long it takes to write to read this and we're even going to time out our pauses So that That's now and so, which was something they weren't doing at the time. They were just kind of just reading through and they, you know, they, if they had a pause, they, they were inconsistent from time to time on how long they held it. And so I was just kind of with our pauses, I, I would count them out. One, two, three. And they understood, oh, that eight second pause, it's like forever and it's doing nothing for us to have it eight seconds. Yeah. So so that's kind of some, some strengths of mine. One second. One second. I was for her. it's right on your desk sorry yes desk.
1: okay it's all right it's okay. yeah i'm about to be done i do yeah, need yeah. to go my daughter's coming over to see me okay wow. how exciting center. i haven't seen her for a while so i'm pretty excited i know mm-hmm. i don't say i say it all the time i'm so excited wow. <laughs> i found so excited. People are like, you are me. I am very excited right now. Oh, you're just so high energy <laughs> right now. I can barely stand it. I'm just a low energy person. until, <laughs> Unless I'm manic, I am a low energy person. Oh! If I got too much energy, you might want to check. On
0: this. So I guess she's probably had a few cup. She had a couple of candy bars.
1: she has <laughs> got way too much energy. I think she's manic. I think she's mm-hmm. off her meds. <laughs> but it was really great to meet you and talk to you. We can do... Creative work together in the future. Absolutely. So we have ideas and I know Matt is. I want to do things. You know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um,
0: I know sh- uh, our teamship post would absolutely love having. P- you know, we love having new faces. Oh, see, yeah. Yeah, we love having new faces because
1: and. I know nothing. I really group. don't. I'm not the type of person that has to go to college to learn things. So if I can go and be part of a group and learn on. The job, essentially, I'd much rather learn that way than sitting in a classroom.
0: I hear you. I mean, experience really is the best teacher.
1: It's yep. expensive to go to classes,
0: too. Oh, oh, yes, yes, it is.
1: All right, well, it was really good to meet you. And Likewise, I'll see you in person soon. Amen. Take care. Bye. Bye.